beautiful movie, the best, in honor of Armageddon time, what upcoming film should connect to the Trumps? I'm Katie Rich, and I will be stunned if Avatar The Way of Water does not have a Trump metaphor in there somewhere. I'm Matt Patches, and I'm going to go with Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. I'm not going to say why, because I just, I'm being recorded, and uh, I feel like I don't want to say murder and Trump in this thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, it's me, Dave of the Seven, and bones and all, because Timothy Chalamet should eat a Trump. Dave has no such qualms. <laughs> and I'm David Ehrlich, and I'm going to go with Megan, because uh, <laughs> why not? I feel, I feel like that movie needs to have some sort of Trump world connection. She's definitely a product of uh, Trump robotics or something. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then, well then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine then, and I'm fine. I agree with you, it's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War in this episode 413, Pandemic 143. It's the week of Wednesday, November 2nd. That's the day that in 1983, Ronald Reagan signed the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday into law. I really wow. thought this was going to be Reagan getting shot. Thanks, uh, Reagan. On <laughs> 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 theme of uh, what we were talking about. Uh, not acknowledged in South Carolina until I was in high school. Fun fact. Wow. Uh, or at least uh, they took the Confederate flag off the state house, and that was part of the compromise. Uh, maybe <laughs> the it's South someday, Carolina compromise. Someday, if we don't get reviews, maybe I'll just talk about South Carolina's Confederate flag on the state house for ten minutes. That's kind of interesting. Fascinate all of it you. Does, I mean, it was it a does wild sound time. Kind of interesting. I have to be honest. Well, um, uh, stay tuned but, next week. It's not. Oh, wait, it's not we have be, reviews. Yeah, it's, it's not, not to be. be this week. Not going to be this week. Uh, we do have reviews. We have one review on the iTunes store page, whatever you want to call it. And we also have a review via email that Dave has alerted me to. And I will let him read when I'm done reading Leica 2796's review. A good a good week for a Leica reference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the best pop culture podcasts on the Internet. I've been listening to this group since the Opt Kino days. So I like the T in there. The Opt Kino. Yeah, optional Kino. Um, <laughs> Chuskino, the Chuskino days, and have had nothing but the highest regard for all of them, even sometimes David, but I'll get to that later, ominous. Uh, this has consistently been one of my favorite podcasts for the last two decades, and I think the brilliance oh, of two decades. Two decades, you, good lord. When you feel old enough, and I think the brilliance and warmth of all the hosts shine through in every episode. I come for the insightful takes on the latest TV movies and sometimes video games, sorry Katie, across the cultural landscapes. Katie, you heard about the new God of War? We can't talk about nope. it yet, I guess, nope. based on when this uh I recognize no gods and drop. no war. Boy, Craig, uh, this is coming for you. And Stiller just did a commercial for it. It's funny, I hear. Uh, but I stay for the chemistry across the entire set of hosts. Hearing them discuss best and worst from across the cultural landscape is always a treat, and I love how their discussions dig into the narrative themes and craft of every property they discuss. Now to David. I understand why some listeners respond to David in the way that they do. He often tears into movies and shows he doesn't like with such an empathic abandon. This is empathic, that it kind of takes your breath away. At least it takes your breath away. Where I turned a corner with him, though, is when I realized you don't actually have to agree with all of his hot takes. Actually, <laughs> federally, you do. Uh, he made yeah. you feel like an idiot for enjoying Audrey Plaza's... Uh, Aub Audrey Plaza? Aubrey Plaza. I'm going to make you feel like an idiot for calling her Audrey Plaza. Uh, Aubrey Plaza's performance in Ingrid Goes West. That's okay. You love the humor and writing and Triangle of Sadness, but he made you feel like an absolute moron? That's fine. Uh, these are just his opinions, man, and he should be allowed to have them, even if they're wrong. And then, like, uh colon and a little p like a tongue sticking out you know the face uh yeah. and for every movie or tv show that you've liked that he raked over the hot coals he'll come up with a recommendation for an obscure obscure gem like fran Kranz's mass or his beloved carol and isn't that worth the price of admission i would hope so i don't know if carol is obscure but uh i mean i, I, take, it, I take your point yeah um it was less it was more obscure than it should have been i'll, I'll say that much all joking aside, I would highly recommend this podcast. For anyone looking for great takes on the greatest in TV and television, five stars would recommend Leica 2796. Thank you so much for this review. Thank you for listening for two decades. Two decades. Oh, parts of two it's decades. Great. And, I'm so glad uh, we've been doing this. Yeah, it's not my freshman two year decades. Of 
Yeah. If you we would have like spanned to be, the 2010s and now the 2020s. If you would like to be like like a 2796 yeah. and 2796 and a number that I apparently cannot say and have me make you feel stupid and then realize that you shouldn't. Uh, go on iTunes. Leave us a review of Fighting in the War Room. Dave, they can also email us like our next listener did. Would you like to let well, us know what they said? I got a surprise for you. What's that? I know the real name of Valaika2796 because he emailed in the exact same email. Oh, well, ah! Or the exact same review. There you go. That's uh, how you so guarantee. You, know what? you can also do that if you want to do it. Yeah. F-I-T-W-R. Okay, I'm yeah. only curious to know their name and to hear it on air if it is Henry Selleck. It mm. is not, unfortunately. Okay. It's Wendell. Is it Phil And or Wild. It, I, I'll comfortably say it's Chris. Okay. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> uh, but you can also email us uh, your reviews, uh, especially if they're outside of the U.S. and it isn't just uh, the podcast app's problem that's having trouble loading it. Uh, or any other thoughts at fitwr.podcast at gmail.com. we got a very... Uh, thoughtful yes and to our Halloween ends mini segment that I forwarded on to just Patches and I who will enjoy it. Um, yeah, do it. Email us. You the calling man, you send you up. Reason calling nine to nine two zero. All right. Henry Selleck is back uh, to fill our gap in Leica produced stop motion movies uh, that we're currently living in and to uh, maybe provide another ghoulish glimpse into his odd mind uh, through stop motion animation on film. He hasn't done one of these fully since Coraline back in 09. So it has been a hot second since we've had one of these come around this one was uh, adapted from a children's book he apparently wrote but adapted with jordan peele and him and keegan michael key play the titular demons uh but that being said this movie is uh very stuffed with plot so i was gonna say I've, I've only seen the first 40 minutes of it but based on what you just said that is like almost unrecognizable from the movie that i just watched a portion of um i mean they do play titular demons but uh it, it certainly seems like that's not the movie's initial focus so i'll start going down the road of this movie mm. and you guys stop me when i'm getting in past the introductory point uh we pick up with a young girl named cat who's voiced by lyric ross she is with her parents at their brewery in a small town uh and on the way home uh cat Bites into a candied apple that has a two-headed worm in it and screams, which sends the car crashing off of a bridge into the water. Her parents prioritize saving her and drown, which leads her to have a troubled upbringing where she's apparently bullied in like a group school and uh, labeled a problem child and potential future prisoner, uh, which allows her to get out um, uh, into a... Uh, Catholic school, Rustbank Catholic school, Rustbank's the name of the town. Uh, in her absence, the town has uh, suffered a fire at the brewery. That More in her parents' killed... absence. Her, her absence has not really affected what's happened there. It just has been... In her parents' absence, uh, a fire has burned down the brewery and most of the business uh, in the town has dried up, except I believe for a uh, falafel stand. Um, and the town is being bought up by a corporation called Claxon Corp. Two Ks. Claxon. <laughs> and uh, she notices this and has trouble fitting into her school, with the exception of a uh, young boy named Raul, young trans boy named Raul. And uh, also, there's a baby goat who I'd have to imagine is friendly towards her. Yeah, there's a friendly baby goat who is yeah. friendly towards her. Well, even the mean girl uh, is kind of trying to kill her with kindness. The like, she's girls, so nice to her. Yeah, the mean girls make a very Claxon. strong impression in the portion I saw. I loved immediately all three of them and their insistence on calling her KK. KK. Uh, which is a nickname they've invented for her before they even meet. 
Uh, and I want to be clear, most of the plot that Dave just went over is in the first five minutes, if not less, of this movie. Oh, yeah. It, it and really... we haven't even gotten to half of the first five minutes and yes. Wendell and Wilde. Or explain yep. that Wendell and Wilde, best I understand it, uh, and I, it sounds like Dave probably has a, and Katie have a better understanding of this, but are demons that like live on hair follicles of a bigger demon and are responsible for like plugging <laughs> his his hair follicles with cream planting, that they planting. eat and okay, allows, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. You're messing it up. In a, and there you're are messing it up in a very key way here. Oh my God. Okay. They are planting yeah, hair follicles oh. with, with the cream on the head of Buffalo Belzer at this version's, uh, this movie's version of Satan, I guess, who has on his stomach a theme park to torture the damned. They decide. He's also their father. Yeah. He's also their father. And he's voiced Once, by Bing Rames. Sorry. And he's voiced he's, by Bing yeah, he, is, he is voiced by Bing Rames to the point where within like three words of dialogue, it just it feels like an Arby's commercial. I mean, he comes out with the full Rames. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's great. Uh, Wendell and Wilde are demons that are in charge of making sure he has hair. So they plant it by having a like bug drill a little hole. They squirt some uh, a hair cream into it and then sort of plant the hair, which grows in. Uh, eventually, after getting high off of eating the hair cream, they realize mm-hmm. it can also raise things from the dead, mm-hmm. and uh, which coincides with Cat discovering <laughs> she is a hell maiden and has uh, some sort of dominion over these demons and can raise them from hell. Uh, and that is, I think, the first act. Uh, she decides to do it in exchange for uh, her parents being raised from the dead. But, but as when they tell her happen, they can raise her parents from the dead, they don't actually think they can, right? Uh, like they that, tell her that, and it's a lie. But then it's not a lie because they actually can do it. This movie's full of little uh, left turns like that. That I think uh, some of which could have been sanded down if it wanted to clearly uh, yeah. hit its themes. But then by the time it gets to the third act, its themes are all uh, very surface level. I think to the point where somebody mentions a school to prison pipeline as literally part of like a model uh sending kids from the school to the prison uh but this is like it is very frantically paced it is extremely well designed and i think has like the same things on its mind as probably barbarian if i'm trying to think about other movies so if you can't if your kids can't see barbarian Maybe they will be charmed. Or if, uh, me, like if, I can't, if I can't see Barbarian, I'll watch it because yeah. that, that is what I have done. Yeah. You know what happens when corporations take over failing towns. It's no bad. good. I mean, I, I am uh, no fan of this movie, which is such a sumptuous and, and well-crafted thing going directly to Netflix. But at the same time, given the plot that we've all just set up, it's almost impossible to imagine this movie opening on 2000 screens. And for the audience that's trying to cater and how that would have gone. It's not a kid uh, movie. My tried my tried showing no. it to Charlie, who famously watches some movies and he was not not even scared, he just was not that into it. It's like weirdly not grabbing of kids, which is okay. Like it doesn't have to be made for kids, but it's kind of a it's kind of an odd middle ground of for adults and for kids, I think. It it absolutely doesn't need to be made for kids, but it, we don't really have an apparatus to market a Henry Selleck movie to anyone else. Uh, yeah. And so I think that, you know, Netflix was probably the only way to to make this movie happen. Um, and they've got another major stop movie, stop motion movie in the pipeline with uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is also getting very good reviews. Um, and I'm seeing next week. But the uh, Asa obviously the movie seemed way over his head. He happened to be in the room while I was watching it. He was transfixed by the baby goat and by mm-hmm. the octopus that they have in their classroom. Uh, and then his attention quickly went back to whatever he was doing on my phone. But uh, yeah, it's it's hard to imagine this really being a movie for kids. But I, that's what I loved about the part of I saw for it, which is like how it's hard to imagine like the, it being the, a movie creative abandon that connects that, with that it, that adults. It's, made with. it's Henry. It's Henry Selleck to the bone. I mean, like it's completely uncompromising um, and wild. And Wendell. Mm-hmm. Patches, elaborate. I, I, yeah, I mean, David, I know you've seen the, the first 40 minutes, which I think are, are animation forward. And, and the, as Dave, you said, the design is uh, impeccable, immaculate. I mean, I love that Selleck hasn't made kind of the same stop motion movie twice. He he worked with Tim Burton and Nightmare Before Christmas feels very Burton-esque in its designs. And, and Coraline has that kind of 
like a DNA plus Selix instincts. Um, you know, monkey bone looks its own way. And now this movie has this kind of like paper quality. It comes to life. Like we're literally seeing pop up folds and, and that sort of thing happen. But all the character designs have this kind of origami feel. It looks really cool. It's just servicing nothing. It's servicing this just convoluted script, just stuffed. I feel like he wanted to make uh, a television show or a would, miniseries would or something. And it's just, just it is. What I've, based on what I know about the movie, would you say that it's serving nothing, that it's serving too much in a way that ultimately dilutes all of it? it was, it's serving too much, too many characters, too many plots. I mean, this, I, I should not have watched this movie back to back with Nightmare Before Christmas, which has a very yeah. simple premise and a very simple I've been doing promise. The same, I did the same thing <laughs> it, completely by accident. Uh, but here I feel What's like... This? What's this? Yes, I, I was saying that often while watching Wendell and Wilde. Uh, <laughs> what is this? What is this? Uh, and, and, one, and, and thinking about Jordan Peele's other, other work and knowing that he kind of teamed up with Selleck for this, it doesn't surprise me that it's just robust with ideas and commentary, but... Where to the point of uh, there's no characters like there's I are Wendell and Wild silly or are they part of this bigger social commentary like can I get to know the main character this this young girl who is dealing with such grief like it's never that simple I there's mean, just so many other people pulling in different directions and her where the speaker is a giant eyeball what more do you I, need to know I will say the 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 needle drops of this movie are pretty rad there is uh, yeah there's some TV on the radio later in the movie. There's a bunch of uh, X-ray specs. Yeah, this movie this movie has great soundtrack, but um, I could just not cling to any part of it. And the design, the design work slowly just faded into the background for me because I was just trying to keep up with all of the ideas that it was spinning while trying to be a story about this young girl. And I will I will say like it's so great to see a very kind of black centric story told in this medium in animation um and then and, and as dave pointed out there's a there's a trans character uh who is going through yeah, it's really it's really diverse at every step basically like every time they have the option to have someone who's not white i don't know if like, i don't know if there are white characters in the movie honestly just one of the villains i guess but yeah yeah <laughs> and, and it's i just yeah, wish it would have been more grounded introduced, like on a golf course and they're talking about things that it's like <laughs> truly the moment where it's the moment of no return for any kid under the age of 12, where they're talking about like the business model of their. Yeah. Whether the board will vote, will vote for their new like, development. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then and <laughs> there's, there's a, a character part about getting votes for the board. And it's, yeah. And then there's that a character happens. that kind of like looks like Trump, but and also Boris Johnson, I think is, was maybe selling yes. actual inspiration there, but I'm just like, what? Who? How? We're getting this in the movie but too? Like I, I, I can't fault I can't fault Henry Selleck, you know, who gets one one crack at this like every fifteen years sure. and maybe never again to sort of leave it all on the table and, and not it feels kill any of his darlings or trim any of his ideas. Um it, it feels overstuffed even, you know, in portion, uh, but in a way that is so definely idiosyncratic and so different and so alive with its own energy that even if I don't even if I wouldn't wind up disagreeing with a single thing Patches is saying, it's still hard not to appreciate, you know, its well, existence. On, on that note, and to kind of wrap up this segment, I wanted to ask a bigger Well, I want question. to hear more from Dave. Oh, I haven't okay, heard yeah. what oh, Dave yeah. thinks Dave, of this movie at all. What do you think? Wendell Wild, did it work? And then I'll ask my big question. I mean, sure. The reason why it's probably not a kid's movie is because it's best enjoyed high. Like, the... <laughs> It looks good. Don't awesome underestimate what drops. Halloween candy does yeah, to them, Dave. Say, I need more yeah. gummies. Last night. <laughs> but yeah, it's I, I it's it's very overstuffed. It got its message through to me and looked good, so I can't call it like a failure in any sort of sense. I just got the sort of idea that if it takes so long to make a shot in a stop motion medium and it's being done with this amount of care. It must feel like when you're making the movie that you're spending enough time explaining some things, uh, but they are not. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, uh, but yeah. like by the time it gets to like the the climax stuff, there's like three climaxes in a row that all look fantastic. I just couldn't tell you exactly how we got there. There's like a face off with her own uh, trauma that's sort of manifested as a shadow thing. Uh, our giant devil man comes to the surface. And then finally, there's like a uh, anti-gentrification showdown between the townspeople. Um, and they all come so fast oh. and without, you know, sort of uh, 
foreshadowing or presaging what this is all about uh that when the pieces all kind of like fall together i'm like surely there was a way to get to this climax with only like two characters mm-hmm. instead of each climax involving like four characters on its own well uh, henry Salk has never been the neatest plotter <laughs> i think Coraline works so well because its story is so well mirrored i mean it's really a, a simple arrangement of dynamics and you just invert it and, and a great writer wrote it already Exactly. So, and I think you know the idea that Henry Selick is adapting his his own novel, if I understand correctly, from what you guys said. I have not done my own research here, but uh, um, well, it's, it's never very... been published, but it was okay. a children's book by him oh, first. Right. I see. Yeah. I mean, like that all checks out. Um, I wonder but... how much of it was about the board votes and the children's <laughs> book version. I mean, by by Selick's on a mission, a lot of the movie changed when Peel entered the picture, and and they decided to make the main character black. I would imagine that the differences between his original text and this movie might be dramatic, like quite dramatic um, based on that choice and that decision. Uh, My one indulgent criticism of this movie is like, could he use maybe a little more peel key and peel? Just like doing key Mm. and peel stuff. Not to uh, no one's my puppet. They are puppets in this movie. Um, I just like, I love their banter. And that's my, they're a lot of my favorite parts of the movies when they're like in hell. Being that. I love how much those puppets look like them. Like yes. more Jordan Peele. Like Jordan Peele's puppet looks alarmingly like him. And then um King Michael Key, something about his eyes being so big makes it more cartoony. Yeah, it's um, like Rankin yes, and Bass the- when they made uh what Earl Ives into a snowman or something. <laughs> yeah. You're like, why does that demon look so much like Jordan Peele? Um yeah, I but I think there's a lot of them in it. They just don't do a lot. I mean, they do drive yeah. the plot, but like their dynamic doesn't change ever. Like they're those characters are kind of at the exact same level. They and that bounce was between the, the storylines a lot. It's not like yeah, everyone kind of but, rolls into one narrative at the at the first act mark, and then they're on an adventure. They're pretty segmented. Yeah, and like the the Wendell and Wild, like they have a goal and they want to accomplish something, and we know that. But like their character, the dynamic between them, like never changes at all. It makes them feel static, even though they're not really. Yeah. And Key and Peele sketches always change so much. Like that was the 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 genius of them was what makes Jordan Peele a good horror director. Is like there's building and building and building, and there's not really that here. So so here's my wrap up question, which is, you know, watching this movie. To your point, David, it's it's good to see Henry Selleck get another movie out of a system after 50 some years probably and we may never get it again Leica is still in business they're making stop motion Ardman is still making stop motion why what is it about this medium that cannot get a break in the mainstream why can Ardman movies do not do particularly well in america uh, Leica movies do definitely do not do well and luckily they have a financial system that allows them to keep creating things but like what is it about stop motion that keeps it on the fringe why isn't this a bigger deal like the craft is even more apparent than in traditionally animated 3d or 3d animated movies uh you think people would be kind of awestruck by stop motion but it just cannot be mm, off yes. of people it cannot be I mean, found. the society at large largely rewards people who work really hard for 90 minutes <laughs> exactly i mean there's a reason why minions are the most popular characters on earth uh yeah i mean my only sort of take on that with any sort of logic behind it is just that stop motion animation can't operate at the pace that the dreamworks uh animation is sort of set along with sort of the disney animation studios and like the modern pace of animated movies of three of 3d lord and miller could not make a stop motion right exactly exactly i mean gordon miller obviously the the finest purveyors of the kind of movie i'm talking about but like the speed at which like their wit you see it translated over to the Ardman stuff which is told in a much different and quieter register and the jokes um while often is sophisticated and punny um like the bull in a China shop joke in uh, Farmageddon, a classic, uh, just unfold at a much slower rate. And so I think that, you know, it's hard to imagine American appetites, American audiences having the same appetite for that sort of thing these days in particular. Um, but maybe Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which Netflix is actually giving a shit about as opposed to Wendell and Wild, which they effectively yeah. dumped. I mean, they're pushing, they're pushing Pinocchio for like best picture. Um, yeah. Maybe that will change things a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I think it just it takes time to make every frame and there's not another form of filmmaking that's currently active that actually does that. 
the rest of them are about like you know motion of the actors or iterating on like different 3d animation uh that's it's it's I, I imagine the same reason we don't get a lot of you know feature length 2d drawn quote-unquote sure. movies anymore although uh, netflix has uh another one of the, i mean it's not hand-drawn um, it's more just in the style of like a two and a half D dimension. Another movie from uh, Cartoon Saloon called My Father's Dragon, which is adapted from the book of the same name, although very loosely, and arrives on Netflix on November 11th and is probably the weakest of the Cartoon Saloon movies, which include Wolf Walkers and Song of the Sea, but it's still visually resplendent and told at a very different pace than most American animation. It's Irish. Uh, so we're checking out if any of this appeals to you. <laughs> Movies. Add that to the list. All right, Halloween, it's over. Guess what? It's the holiday season now. Two months getting ready to give gifts and celebrate. Whatever you celebrate, you know, we all are thinking about gifts right now. I'm thinking about gifts because I am a horrible gift giver. Um, and I, I asked this question. Like, gifts, like not, not gifts. Uh, no, I'm a yeah, do, gift not, do not give yeah. uh, gifts to your loved ones. They will I'm not appreciate it. Gifts for days. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, no, I'm talking about gift, gifts. And, mm. uh, and I want to I wanna ask you guys a question. I threw this out on Twitter a while ago. Katie, you may already have this in your back pocket, but because okay. I'm such a terrible gift giver, I want to start thinking about it now, and I want to start thinking about like what people might might need. Like what the big thing I always think about is like what what could I have in my home? What could I give someone that would actually improve their life? But I never think about it because mm. it's not something I I want. So my question to all of you is 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 there something you've bought recently and like in the last few years that seems to have dramatically just improved? daily life something that you use around the home Ooh. a lot something that's kind of like almost a life hack either an accident or intentional like i'm gonna take a leap on this thing that i bought and it's going to improve my life i'll let you think about it for a second because i just want to i just want to say to everybody out there who is a bad gift giver like me uh i you know i i get anxious about spending money so i don't want to spend i don't want to spend a lot of money on a gift because i never know how much to spend so it always feels like if i can buy something small but effective that would be really helpful. Mm. Um, and I'm also anti-wish list. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but obviously in the in the emergence of Amazon as the premier place to buy things, a lot of people are just handing me their Amazon wish list with like stuff on it. I a feel like lot that's of not people? Considerate. Who? I feel like that's not considerate. Like, people in my immediate, like, immediate family will do that. Okay. There's just a lot of relatives. There's just a lot of relatives. Yeah. <laughs> like, how many yeah. people are you buying Brochure presents for? I'm not buying anyone presents. They're giving me wish lists, which I'm ignoring, and then failing to buy good presents. No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just like, what? what is something? I'll, and I'll give you my example, too. Uh, two things here. One, I recently I, I cut a lot of apples for my daughter for school, and I bought this apple cutting thing I, it, it mm. can only be like 15 dollars i know, dollars, I know what you're talking like, about it's an apple slicer where you push down onto the apple and it cuts the core and then it also slices the entire apple into like six slices in an instant you don't have to try yeah. and core the apple or cut cut around it i never know what angles to hit the apple on this device you just push down perfect perfect cut apple and then you throw it in the dishwasher it's amazing um this is the kind of like tiny life hacky thing that i'd love to be given and someone be like this will change your life that's that's great yeah. and and my other one it has to be my bidet like the plug-in bidet that just sits on top of your toilet and you run the the water line into it and my god guys cuts down on toilet paper flushes your butthole just so good <laughs> it really is refreshing. i didn't know how specific uh, oh, yeah, we were the, gonna get on the, the power of like bidet. the toto yeah butthole, whatever it's called like the what's the name of the company it's something like it's something actually with like poop in the title or butt in the title. Something tushy, like the tushy, tushy, yeah, yeah. tushy, yeah, is the bidet. yeah, yeah. yeah. Tushy. and uh, tushy. it's so you easy to, to install, Japan and it's for a, life a clean change. butthole like that. But now you can do it in my own bathroom. Uh, it's great, and the best part about it is that so what do you guys Asa think? Has yet, Asa has yet to figure out that uh, the <laughs> it's just a hose that you can toilet, spray all over your kitchen, water everywhere. Right. Yeah. So, um, so it's still just purely a win for us before it is a source of 
further havoc. Yep. Um, Patches, I can't remember what I told you when I responded to this. I think it might have been buying a fuck ton of dish towels and just it having was, a lot of dish yes. towels um, of and dish washing towels. them. Um, but I have two other kitchen things <clears throat> that I recommend. Do you have a garlic press? I do not. Garlic press, I think, is in. Uh, I think garlic press is in the realm of the apple slicer as something that will make your life easier and improve it. Uh, and then big ass bucket of Maldon sea salt, the really flaky, fancy salt that seems really expensive. And it's like kind of expensive, like but you can buy an enormous bucket of it that will last you for years for like I'm looking it up. I think it's like twenty dollars um, and it has it improves my life. It improves everything that I eat. And it's I think you could get away with giving that as a gift. There's a nice pattern on the bucket. Um, <laughs> did you guys know that you can buy candy in bulk as if you were a candy store? Yes. They don't care. Are you, they don't card think, you. <laughs> you what's the, what's uh, so like it's sugar used to sell these really strange tasting, but I found like addictively delicious um, ice cream cone shaped gummies and they stopped selling them. It really bummed me out. And then on my way to the Telluride Film Festival, I found them in New LaGuardia Airport, LaGuardia 2.0, where they were selling them as Coney Islands for like $25 a tube, mm-hmm. which is some insane markup. And I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I obviously had to buy one because I hadn't tasted it on my lips for, for you know, uh, like a year at that point. But, um, but uh, when I got home, I was like, I wonder if I could just buy these in bulk on the internet. And sure enough, for $9, I got two pounds from Turkey. Wow, take that, And uh, the only downside, two pounds for $9, was <laughs> that when I finished eating them, I realized that I had eaten two pounds of candy. <laughs> In how long a period? It, it took me like a little less than two weeks. Yeah, you're, you're reminding me that uh, Spider-Man comic writer Dan Slott a few months ago was on a tear because he discovered you can buy Reese's Peanut Butter Cups through cups direct from the factory and that they taste better and different yeah oh. and if you buy them direct from hershey's you're 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 achieving some sort of like heavenly goal so if anyone I'm literally peanut butter cups getting my next order from <laughs> i'm getting my next order right now How grandpa candy joe's you candy keep shop on... <laughs> <laughs> look halloween uh, I mean, gives us all like a taste and then we can't yeah. we can't resist take one bite and now you're done Dave, what's improved your life? I don't know if I have a good, uh, cheap answer, but if you get one of those KitchenAid uh, stand mixers that has the option for a whole bunch of attachments, not only does it like help with uh, like the baking. For instance, before I got the KitchenAid, I attempted to make my own mayonnaise once. Mm. Never do that without uh, me- mechanized support. Because it's like whipping stiff peaks into something, but like so much worse. Cause it's just like oil whipping, oil whipping. Uh, but then, like, you have all the different attachments that you could like grind meat on there. So if you're into like making good burgers, you can do ice cream. You guys, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to update our listeners that I am about to buy five pounds of Curvin gummy ice cream candies for fifteen dollars and fifty five cents. We're proud of you. <laughs> I'm going insane. Where do you keep them? You live in a tiny Brooklyn apartment. What, where do you, where do oh, you put all a, the candy? I have a, a candy room. Asa sleeps on the streets okay, now. No. I've replaced his room with just candy. Dude, it's a candy room. <laughs> yes, not only are go- uh, ice cream shaped gummies delicious to eat, they also make for a great mattress bedding. Uh, yeah, they really do. Oh my God. Badly. You can eat them if you get out of the middle of the night. If you're, looking, if you're looking for something that is you know, not going to be like something that you use every day and is life hackable, uh, I do think that we are in a golden age right now where you could, should snap up all the shit-ass physical media. Like, you could take $50 to a Walmart and walk out with, like, 25 movies mm. if you bargain bin it. Blu-rays are still, like, $25 a pop. I mean, they're still crazy expensive, even if people aren't buying them as much. Yeah, you gotta be getting DVDs. Well, yeah, that's, where yeah. the, I mean, that's where the cheapness comes in. Come on. What is this, the 90s? Uh, uh, I mean, you're going to stream whatever comes off the stream at whatever resolution it's at until it's not there to stream anymore. All I'm saying is now that, you know, we're going to rewatch the Lord of the Rings extended editions for my Patreon podcast, I am happy to have the version that has the special features discs. And like, why don't I have all the shit? 
I like recently a couple weeks ago was like, you know what? Writing a book about Marvel, I should probably actually own all the discs in case Disney Plus blows up. Oh wow! Uh, so I went back and I got I got myself all the Marvels. It's uh, I think on now DVD? is the time on DVD or Blu-ray. DVD. Imagine wow. watching Iron Man two on DVD. Dave, I, mean, I would not have thought of you as someone who did not care a lot about the difference between DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. Like I mean, I it, in the old country on DVD. If Jesus you're going to buy like I, I love my Criterion uh, Showa era Godzilla collection. That was probably the one where I'm like, absolutely, because I'd never seen them at that quality before. Uh, but that being said, media is media. So I have discs, be they DVD or Blu-ray. I have hard drives with like the complete Venture Brothers on it, because who decides when HBO Max is just going to delete another company and I lose all the animation I like. So now might be the time uh, to, you know, spend a little bit of money and get somebody a physical copy of a movie they love. You are pop culture doomsday prepper. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the next segment yet. (laughs) Boy. Yeah, I'm I'm really really concerned about Dave's... uh, it down in my bunker paranoia takes for our segment three tonight we'll see uh the Reese's direct from the factory box is sold out unfortunately oh wow i guess, I guess people really uh, went hard on halloween maybe um oh, but you know sense. maybe they'll yeah. re- maybe God, they'll restock I should, have, for I should have bought five yeah, pounds of this fucking candy before halloween and just sat on my stoop and converted my entire neighborhood into this good shit that it's sugar for whatever reason i don't know <laughs> yeah, I, I, i'm imagining you placing them in their mouths Mr. like it's sugar Communion yeah. wafers or something like you, my son, eat. Yeah, you've been blessed. It'll be like We're midnight gonna... mass. <laughs> just like the sacrament that they are uh, getting stronger. I'm going to order myself a bulk bit of honey. Bit of honey's my... Where do you get this for? Candywarehouse.com? Bulkcandystore.com? You're hooked, Katie. You just got... I know. Now I got the candy hookup. Candy I have, killed. I have... Grandpa I have Joe's a real... candy shop. Wait, really? That's what it's called. Grandpa Joe's. Wow. Yeah. Isn't your house well, full of candy from Halloween? Oh, of course. But there's no bit of honey. It's a whole bunch of shit I don't want. All right, so as you may have heard uh, over the past, I don't know, like six months of this hellish narrative, uh, a guy named Elon Musk has bought a company called Twitter for $44 billion. Uh, It was not an easy process because it wasn't a particularly well thought through decision because Elon Musk is a deeply sad man who seems to need the social validation that being on Twitter provides. It does not make him alone by any stretch of the imagination on Twitter and among Twitter users. But uh, now that he owns the platform, it's now gone from being publicly owned to uh, being privately owned after he paid an absurd stock price for it and gave golden parachutes of upwards of $60 million to a handful of its executives and fired so many of the other people at the company. I don't know who he is planning to have run it. He's pulling people from the autopilot division, which was not doing jack shit over at his other company. Uh, So I guess we'll have a skeleton crew over there. But uh, yeah, now he owns Twitter and has to figure out a way to monetize it. And everything seems very bad. Um, very funny to me in a dark, dark way that. Why does it seem bad? single worst person at using Twitter has uh, now acquired the company. Um, but, you know, better, better Twitter is something that was already pretty evil to begin with, even if it's been a bit of a double edged sword in my life. Uh, better he buy that than something I actually love, like. The New York Rangers or Grandpa Joe's Candy Store or the Sleepy Time Bear. Oh, yeah, tea but company. he's coming for the, you know, he's yeah. coming for the candy. Um, why? Why? Let's back up for a second. I, I've seen a lot of people say that this is this is catastrophic. This is horrible. This is bad. Twitter is over. To your point, like, wasn't Twitter over? Twitter, is Twitter over was over party. in like 2015 for me. Um, but I, I do wonder. Look, but you're we're still all on, on Twitter, Twitter. We're talking to be about clear. it here. <laughs> We're definitely still on Twitter. No, just because it's well, over. I mean, people walk the post-apocalyptic wastelands and movies all the time. Look, this is the road. We're all on the road right now. But uh, <laughs> my, my question to you guys is like, 
we're we're talking about it on the podcast because I think Twitter is a is a form of entertainment for all of us. It's it's how we also communicate with a lot of people who are into the same stuff as us. So like people who are listening was, to the show, I think, which yeah, is a lot of one of the reasons I wanted to talk about. It. I think a lot of the people so what, listen to the show because they found us on Twitter. What's the value of Twitter as entertainment, and what what's going away with Musk? Like, why is oh, it so apocalyptic? I, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that it's entertainment so much as like it's a hyper addictive, you know, town forum. Uh, but you know, I do think that Elon Musk's effect on the company, it, or certainly on the product, is going to be catastrophic in some degree. I mean, he is literally making it up on the fly. Um, because he is in a sort of Trumpian way, like the dog who caught the mailman. And he's like, now what the fuck do I do? And I have to make this thing turn a profit after putting like $11 billion of debt into it and so on. Um, but as you saw with this conversation with Stephen King, where it's like, it's going to be $20 a month to be verified, which is so many layers of stupid. It's hard to even unpack. And then Stephen King got into it. And he's like, how about $8 a month? Uh, you know, why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you want to see? Uh, it's um, the impact of the, on the, on the, on the product is hard to predict and i'm sure it's going to be nothing but bad news i mean it's not going to make it a more pleasurable experience for any of the people we know who are on it um even if it's validating for some like the the trolls who uh, you know hiss at the people with blue checks and curse their elitist status as if it's not just a way of verifying your identity if you're someone who other people might want to imitate um but uh i do think that even if the product gets worse until there's an alternative place for people to go and to have the kind of conversations that and to participate in the discourse that we all sort of have decided that we need in our lives for worse or for worse. Um, I don't know if people are really going to flee en masse, at least not in our journalistic sphere, like the people who love movies and love talking about them, because, you know, the, the Reddit threads, it's it's not quite the same experience. Uh, Instagram and TikTok don't facilitate conversation in the same way. I mean, there's Mastodon, there's Discord, there are all these other things, but it, it, I think Twitter is viable for the kind of conversation I'm talking about because it's so accessible to everyone. It's a sort of a catch-all for people. Um, and so, I don't know, like, I, I've hated Twitter for a long time, even though it's brought a lot of joy in my life. It's also brought a lot of agita. Uh, I have never been fond of the people who ran it. Um, I'm not fond of a lot of the people who run a lot of the companies that I have to participate in. And now that the unless the product becomes like truly unusable or a much, much superior version of it rises up, it's hard to imagine the conversations sort of moving wholesale off that. Like, where are we going to go to tell people about our work, even if Twitter doesn't drive a lot of traffic, which it doesn't um, compared to Google or Facebook algorithms or anything like that? Like, but it's where you can know. actually talk to talk back to people. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I get more satisfaction out of the private social media channels that I have, like group chats and like private slacks and things like that. I think that's true for a lot of people, but I just I can't figure out what replaces the like, what did everyone think of the White Lotus last night? Like I there is no obvious replacement to that to me. And I would miss that. I think the thing that would drive me off of Twitter would be if there was no one around to talk about stuff like that anymore. Like exactly, I have not yeah. I have not experienced like trot like tr trots and bulls uh trolls and bots um the way that a lot of people have are <laughs> the harassment which is like a really real problem like i've been really lucky on that front um so i would want to stick around and see what my friends were talking about um and i it's really hard for me to tell if that actually is going to leave or if that's about the people being like well this is the last straw mr musk and then they don't go anywhere which seems to be what's happening right now i mean i think i think some of the people who need the platform less to feel like they are fulfilling their their creative or professional function. A lot of the artists uh, in particular uh, may actually abandon. I've seen filmmakers and, and showrunners, people of that nature be like, all right, I'm deactivating my Twitter account and I believe them. I mean, I don't think there's as much value. Yeah, it's, a, it's a bad use of their time. Right, exactly. But for journalists, I mean, it's a way of us keeping connected to the people who are reading our work and the conversation that we are writing and each about. Other. Um, and each other, of course, and most importantly, each other. I mean, like the only upside for Twitter that I alluded to earlier were the people that it introduced me to. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, if I had some new article that I was proud of, which doesn't happen very often, but uh, if not for Twitter, I, I don't know, I'd be hard pressed to know where to share it to, to how would I would feel that people were reading it. Um, we don't have a comment section, thank God, on IndieWire. So uh, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think that our particular line of work is a little bit more tethered to it. And, I think the people who 
enjoy listening to a show like this. Probably not all of them, but a significant portion of them get something out of it, feel tapped into these conversations. Hopefully the product isn't devalued and destroyed and desecrated to the point that it's unusable and they just like are desperate for alternatives. But I think if that doesn't happen and there's going to be griping every step of the way, there was always, every I mean, what time would that Twitter even look change, like? Like, but like every time Twitter made a change of any kind yeah. from its inception, you know, I remember when people, I, I'm not care. comparing Elon Musk takeover to the up to, to, to 280 characters, but just as a frame of reference, when they went to 280 characters, everyone lost their mind and it made Twitter a better product. Um, Elon Musk is a fucking moron and is going to make Twitter infinitely worse with every change he makes. I take that for granted. However, I do think that unless it becomes, you know, it's a fodder for people to talk about and complain about and, and so do get on their soapbox. I think unless it really becomes hellish to use, if Trump comes back and it feels like participating in Twitter is, you know, contributing to uh, this really toxic overall climate in a way that it didn't always. I mean, that, I don't know. There that are doesn't make any sense. Like Trump was on Twitter before and I muted him and his name and now he doesn't exist on like Trump coming back to Twitter would be annoying, but it wouldn't affect my use of Twitter in any it's way. True, I, ha- I can't figure I that out. I also think it would be such a social ill. That I wonder if it would. You just wouldn't want to support a company that would like. I feel like it would come make back. people less inclined to tweet, which would lead to the outcome you are. Yeah, suggesting it's a death of, spiral. Yes, yeah, 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 I see that. Um, we all have blue check marks. Patches, are you gonna pay for your blue check mark? No, absolutely not. Is this tell because pe- you refuse to I pay want, eight dollars to be verified? Yeah, tell the people why you won't keep your blue Did check Elon mark if you have Zoom to pay and for you're it. Ponying up. I had to <laughs> yeah. buy in the middle of a recent interview with James Gray on Zoom. Why, like, which I'm sure he noticed me, like, not paying full attention because in the middle of our call, I got the warning that the interview was going to stop recording. And so I had to, like, subscribe and pay money to Zoom to uh, keep the interview going while wow. it was happening. Uh, that's your letting- company doesn't me. do that. Yeah, why I mean, doesn't they can reimburse company- me for it? But in the, in the moment, I had to do it in order to keep the mm-hmm. call from so ending. Keep talking to James Gray. Uh, Matt Patches, will you pay for your check mark, your meaningless pixels that you didn't ask for in the first place? Well, I, I want to separate two things. One, like if my company did it to, so that I could be an effective journalist, I guess I, I would. Uh, but I don't need it. And I think we should remove ourselves from this whole like, as journalists, we need a place to put our stuff out there so people read it. It's like, do we need Twitter to hold court? Can't you... Is this what people at newspapers did not hold court and uh, demand audience and like need the satisfaction of people like retweeting and favoriting you? Do you need? They also had job security and unions to defend them. Well, you have uh, the Conde that's true. The you union, and I, so what are you that's talking true. about? That's true. I do have a union. Uh, oh, union I just think Conde like, Union Twitter, says ban Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is a bit of a of a fantasy where you have a big audience uh, and it makes you validated. But at the end of the day, think of the people who are just using it for for fun and and enjoyment like will it still function in that way and and where where do you get that chatter katie the answer is what you're saying which is like smaller pockets do we need a giant a giant stream of everybody's thoughts i less and less i i do like this is what discord was invented for this is what reddit does for so many i disagree people. with the premise though i think like the the that constant stream i find very Numbing and, and it gives me a lot of anxiety, um, I think, because of our jobs and the role that I have to play in that and the target that's put on our backs. But I think I can't speak for everybody out there, but I do think that if I were less if the onus were less on me to produce content and sort of be the focal point for some conversations or whatnot, I think I would be even more inclined to, to sort of lurk and, and just have a place where I can go where I can see what people are saying, because if I want to talk to my friends uh, or certain communities, you can go on a Reddit subthread, you can go on my uh, private text thread, uh, but there is a need to sort of get what people are saying, to follow breaking news as this is happening on the ground. I mean, I remember Twitter blowing up initially because of what was happening with Arab Spring um, and the protests yeah. that were happening, you know, uh, with that. And so I think that, like, there's, there is a need for something like that. Um, another way that it could become unusable or Twitter could lose its value on that front is if the verification system falls apart and the bots and the spam and all the shit that Elon Musk is supposedly railing again against like takes over and the news becomes even less reliable than it is now. And you don't have like the verified New York Times. Account. I mean, that's not that's not necessarily going to happen. But um, if the breaking news becomes even less reliable than it is, 
if reality uh, is destabilized further. Um, but I, I disagree with the premise of what Patches was saying, that I, I do think there is an appetite and a need for that, um, even if it is really uncomfortable sometimes uh, to participate in it. Dave, do you get anything out of Twitter? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it it changes. Like, I was programming websites for my friends in, like, seventh grade. Uh, when I met you guys, I was still doing Foursquare, which is just straight up, here's where my physical body is, which seems super <laughs> unsafe now. But uh, I was doing that. Uh, Patches and I started podcasting together on Tumblr and had an entire community that built up around it there. And Twitter, it's changed recently where I've been like, I should talk about my stuff and be a professional. But if not, I still have so many Twitter accounts. Let's see, I have It's Podcast Time for the Adventure Time podcast we did wow, for a little yes. bit. I have uh, Dawn O Justice to troll people who like that movie. Uh, I have uh, Opkino, apparently. Um, Read It or Don't, which used to be my personal website. Don't Fret Mike, which is a Twitter account that just... Talks about Mike Ryan's life as if it was a sitcom. <laughs> Rectangle State, uh, RC Dispatch, wow. uh, Batman Forever film, uh, X-Men movie, which I snapped up before Fox did because I noticed it was there, and wow. uh, the old Storm of Spoilers account. So it's like, if Twitter becomes a shithole, I will become the pig that rolls in the shithole. <laughs> like, I'm not worried King about that at shit all. Mountain, Dave. Like, there was a there was there's a time period in my life where I trolled people quote unquote for good on Twitter and I could just go back to doing that. Like the the positive thing of Trump coming back to Twitter would be make everybody who follows him block you by just like getting too up in their shit. Like there's little games you could play with yourself that is fine. It's just a different type of social networking than what we're using this for. So, like, if I need to have a conversation like everybody brought up, I've got some signal chats. My Patreon has a whole uh, Slack, several channels that have, like, evolved to the point where they run their own book club now that's completely separate from whatever we're doing. That, I so think, is, built- that is the ideal. That is the goal, to, to collect people and get on an arc and, and go somewhere where you... Just enough people are in where you're safe, and, and this Trump is why is Discord not there. is good too because it can be public. You could join Discord channels. Uh, you don't have to be invited to it like Slack necessarily. We could we could go elsewhere and set up camp. I mean, I, I guess I'm still wondering like what is going to go horribly wrong with Twitter that hasn't already. Is it is it is it ads? Is well, it well? That's and, another thing. And, I'm sort of yeah. I'm I'm privileged to be able to say I'm gonna you know be the pig in the shit uh because i have not been like doxxed or stalked in any sort of way uh with like how the information goes up i'm not in a particularly uh divisive profession like ultimately we're all you know critiquing creativity and tracking that and like trying to understand it you know i'm not a doctor spreading like how to best save yourself from infection and or I'm even a political like a, journalist. Or even a political journalist. Or like people, uh, you know, the I follow the police accounts around me because if I hear mm. shots outside, often that will be the first place I get like official word from it, even though you can't, you know, necessarily trust the police. It's a good first responder sort of thing. I, I will miss that. Um, and then all the people, I've seen some people online tweeting like, you know, I'm going to, just deactivate this account uh but i'm like gonna go over to instagram and i'm like i went through this with facebook a while back where i'm like i need to make facebook just my family because that's how my family stays in touch with me and then we grew beyond that because it just became this like cesspool even for my like grandparents and whatnot uh so they all went to instagram where the pictures go and it's like i don't know how i would be a good presence on Instagram. Most of the things I like draw and design, I can't, I don't own, so I can't. Not everyone you know, wants make to see it your for nudes. That. Take it to OnlyFans, Dave. Exactly. What am I going to do? Post like paragraphs of things that I'm writing as like images? Like nobody wants that. So there is like a line that I'm not interested in yeah, but finding. If, if I tip you $15, you're going to send me that really dirty paragraph where you <laughs> tell me what you really think about Thor the Dark World. 
I mean, I could see myself starting on OnlyFans and being like, what? I thought this was just for fans and seeing how many people I could, like, Dark Universe, in. assemble. Yeah, it's for the fans, <laughs> not the critics. Yeah, exactly. And just sort of doing something like that and people being like, you know, I don't know, show me your feet and then I get to find that line for myself. You know what? But, you would uh, do. Mate, feet, yeah. I mean, I am mostly <laughs> uh, not a sex worker because of circumstance and uh, low self-esteem. It's not because I wouldn't do it. Dave has big feet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing with twi Twitter is, no matter how bad it gets, can't you curate it for yourself? Like, I use TweetDeck and mercilessly list people into buckets. Like, I have a feed. Oh, Patches, that... you didn't hear? TweetDeck now costs $25 for every tweet that comes into your feed. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, oh, I'm you're, also... You're, we just, your house has just been sold back to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited for all of these, like, it costs $20 to be a blue check. Or you, you have to pay this much money to do this. Please give me a reason not to be addicted to your app anymore. Like, I don't want to always look at it and thanks to the midterm elections and just the steady stream of horribleness uh, i've deleted twitter off my phone i'm just like getting i'm phasing out uh, of twitter because there's really not much joy to to be found there but do you think that the plan there. the plan so much as there is one and again i cannot overstate how poorly thought through any of this seems to be on elon Musk's side um is that he knows as we're saying in this conversation that journalists and the like have to be on Twitter, uh, then the appeal and the money potentially for the scheme is going to come from from the people who have always been railing against the blue checks and so desperately want to be one of them and don't yes. really have a compelling reason to be on Twitter and are all going to fork over eight dollars yeah. a month because, because otherwise they might go to Truth social. If, if every if we've seen any trend on the Internet over the last 20 years in media companies and social media, it's that everything kind of slowly became Fox News, right? Like, oh, boy, Twitter in the Musk days will be like Fox News, except you get to be the pundit. You could pay money to to be the talking head and go toe to toe with professional journalists and, and pundits. And it's going to be this 24 hour news miasma of uh, and it's just gonna be complete nonsense but we've seen it like everyone has become more fox news in the way they've operate social media forces you to to do that uh and now the social media platforms themselves will become 24-hour news i don't understand why that's different from what's happening now like what david's is, what... tweeting about elon musk buying twitter while we're recording a podcast that he could talk on about Elon I mean, Musk I'm tweeting something that I basically said into the microphone just a few minutes ago. That's uh, giving that's away the gold. That's what we'll be missing. David, we're, uh, we'll be charging if, you twenty dollars an down. episode now if you want to appear. Mm -hmm. yes. Elon Musk is going to be going door to door for the money to you know keep Twitter afloat by the end of this year. You're going to have just ring on my fucking Nest camera that's built into my building, and I'm going to have to buzz him in like I do literally everyone who comes by my building, and then just be like, oh fuck. I'm gonna have to deal with them. You buzz everybody into your building. No matter I, what. It's like what, like short of someone holding like a bloody knife at the, the camera, I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I, I just tried to return it to the person I borrowed it from. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, all right. So it sounds like no, none of us are leaving Twitter. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm quiet quitting, I guess. You've been less on Twitter than the rest of us I've for been a while, busy. I think. I mean, the good news is going on. capitalist society is demanding too much from me, and I don't have a lot of time mm -hmm. to be social. Once um, the publisher fully accepts the manuscript, real? I have no reason to be a professional on that website anymore. So, it's, so you're just going to we'll be see. trolling people? I mean, if that's what it comes to, we, we, we're, we're in for some gifting. All right, I, I recommend that the listeners of Fighting the Worm start a Discord channel and then invite us. I don't want to like own it or moderate it, but I would join it. I'm just putting mm. that out. Uh, I don't use Patches, Discord. You would have had that opinion ten years ago, <laughs> and it would have been exactly the same. I think that our listeners should start an OnlyFans uh, somehow, and a singular OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can have OnlyFans only episode behind it. It'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I, you know, honestly, if if like the blank check Reddit is any indication that. That would be the way to go. I don't think we have a fan base that's big enough to sustain a blank check subreddit, but I'd like, I like any Reddit subreddit. 
Says uh, you. I would love to be proven wrong. I find it very hard to imagine. But um, that is the kind of community that can thrive built around a podcast. They aren't the only ones who have proven that. But um, it does not replace the function of Twitter. They are according to separate audiences and two separate kinds of interactions. So I don't know. But I'm yes, not Twitter courts the vile... Yeah. Uh, extremely online. Audience, <laughs> sure, yeah, there, and there's out. no one on there's no one vile on Reddit. Uh, I, I am not setting a contract with Twitter to remain on the platform for any period of time. But um, did you guys see yeah, the thread going definitely. around about how it's ableist to make fun of people who can't cook because not everyone has been taught how to cook? Mm-hmm. This was on Twitter. You know? Yeah, that's not what yeah. ableist means. Twitter but, is uh, that's just like a real maybe it's classist. Twitter, I mean, either way, find... either one is incorrect. I mean, you can find literally any opinion about anything on Twitter. That's part of the beauty. It's also part of the madness is that people choose to amplify those opinions and put them all in our faces so you can all make fun of them and feel superior. And that has led to a lot of the toxicity. Um, so what's the good part out. about Elon's Twitter? Should we, should we end with that? The reminder <laughs> yeah, that it has think, some like, power I think good? Twitter. I wanted to think about like why Twitter has been like a good force in my life. I've just like met like honestly you guys like we knew each other in person but like twitter was a major part of like cementing friendship for a long time there like someone you would meet and then you'd follow them on twitter and then you'd feel like you knew them and then you'd see them again in and real life and you knew them even show. better and lots of listeners in the show like people yeah. like listeners who we talk to get to communicate with on a regular basis I mean, like some there's of not my, some of my literal closest friendships uh present company and excluded uh and beyond i should say in- included from <laughs> Yeah, we're excluded from the club. I've come from Twitter. I mean, a lot of those friendships, the vast majority of those friendships formed in the early days I've of ended, Twitter yeah. and oh. before everything <laughs> petrified. But, uh, you know, um, happy for them. I mean, Twitter is definitely not a pure evil in my mind. Uh, but yeah, I'm never going to be able to be like, oh, well, that time I wasted on Twitter. Like, I think. Plenty of well, time has been wasted. It's more of a black Adam. Time. I wasted plenty of time on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of times, but like it has been a net <laughs> positive in my life, and I hope that doesn't change. Um, but I don't think that would ever like take away like what it gave me in its early days. Mm-hmm. That's true. We did. Uh, I like met David through Rachel, who I met on Twitter, and then she also introduced me to Java. Wow. And I think Your through the changed. way. Yeah. I started reading Joanna Robinson on Twitter uh, mm-hmm. through Jaiba first. For sure. Yeah. So it's like the that was all beneficial and nice. I don't know if I could tell people to treat it like that anymore, but maybe we might get back there. There is, you know, the story of Tumblr is they were bought by Yahoo. The user base like abandoned them for years. And now apparently it is a fine place to go find your fandoms once again. Wow. You're not going to have like personal brands or influencers because they made it harder to maintain that, but you could still chat and hashtag and uh, you know, it came back. So I'm I'm hoping that there'll just be a period of time where Elon Musk is trying things that we all just have to weather through, but ultimately like the app will come through. Do you think Elon will eventually abandon it? Yes. Yeah, I kind of do too. All of his promises are broken promises. He's rich. Uh, yeah, you can I mean, do. He can do literally anything else. Why do this? Yeah. I mean, he could he, be out I of think, debt uh, just when he decides to be out of debt. Yeah. Well, the problem is that he he bought it at such an absurd valuation that it's going to be hard for him to get out and remain whole. Um, I think otherwise he would probably start looking for a way out the door tomorrow, as he was doing yesterday. I mean, like not literally yesterday, but for the months leading up to the closing of this deal, he was trying to wiggle out of it. So. Certainly not a great sign of his commitment to it, but, you know, is it going to be in ruins by the time he leaves or is it still going to be usable and who's going to buy it? And is it going to go public again? I mean, there it's at least he's trying something because he's like promised to end hunger and take us to Mars and provide an indestructible car. All of which are just outright fucking lies. So we could go to Mars. I mean, maybe he won't help us, but Twitter will be on Mars. Sure. Yeah. At this point, it'll be. It'll be. He'll make sure Twitter is on Mars. He will send first the first tweet, tweet from Mars. From Mars. <laughs> that does it for this week's show. We'll be back next week. Tweeting through it in the meantime. Uh, tell people who you are. I am Matt Patch's deputy editor at Polygon. I'm on Twitter. Yes, I am still at <laughs> Mister. 
patches, and we have a website. If you don't want to be on Twitter, you could pivot to fightinginthewarroom.com, where you could listen to endless hours of us yammering on about movies and TV and other things. Uh, did you think we reviewed Coraline? That was probably pre... Henry Selleck yeah. had not made a movie. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that predates us. So Henry says that first Selleck movie we've really uh, talked about on the podcast. It's amazing. I mean, the same is true of Avatar. I mean, we're getting into these gaps where... Uh, it's true. Wow. Yeah. Finally, Fighting in the Worm gets its moment. But yeah. major... Uh, milestones. Anyway, fightingtheworm.com. Go listen. I'm David Ehrlich. I'm on Twitter at David Ehrlich. I say that every week, I have for years. It's still true for the time being. Uh, you can find us all on iTunes at Fighting in the War Room. Uh, go there, leave us a review, read it live on the show. If you don't live in the United States and have access to the American iTunes store, you can email us a review. Where can they do that, Dave? You can email us at fitwr.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'm Dave Gonzalez. You can follow me on Twitter, but don't. You can email us where I told you. I have a whole bunch of podcasts, and I have that Patreon that is like a little Shangri-La that I could invite you to. But this is the last week I could talk to you before voting, and I feel like a lot Ooh. of people are down on uh, politics for very good reasons. It is tiring and a hellscape out there. But if you think what's going wrong with Twitter is uh, bad, there is, it's going on everywhere. Uh, please make sure you vote. I don't even really care how you vote. Uh, I'm going to do that dumb thing. Just, um, this oh, is a reminder for me to you. Pennsylvania, make sure to date your envelope. Your vote. Well, not your envelope. Your make vote. sure you, you know what you're doing and voting legally. That's, but like, just vote. Just give it a try. It'll vote, be fine. Vote legally. Yes. Um, I'm Katie Rich. I uh, re realized on Saturday I could go vote early and sat on the playground and looked up on my phone all of the state Supreme Court races I needed to be up to date on. And it took about three minutes Ooh. and then I went and voted. Uh, so vote and vote all of the categories on your ballot, which I think a lot of people are scared to do. But it doesn't take long to figure out who you might want to vote for based on what people who you agree with have endorsed. And if you have questions, tweet at me. At Katie Rich. I might not be able to answer it, but I can try. Um, we're all on Twitter at FITWR, where, I don't know, you can tweet your election questions and some combination of the four of us might answer it. Uh, or you can... <laughs> tweet, tweet us our Discord that you set up yeah, for us. Thank yeah. you very much. Tell us, tell us where to find you. Um, you can also answer this week's lightning round question, which was... Uh, in honor of Armageddon time, what upcoming film should connect to the Trumps? <laughs> God, I can't believe we started with the Trumps and wound up on Twitter for so long. Thank you for listening. We'll be back talking to you next week. I'm done. I'm done. We're done.